podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to High School Hoops with your hosts, Steve Collins and Jake Steger. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to High School Hoops, episode 8,624. Not true, but it feels like it some days. Anyway, uh, like my Smartless shirt? I didn't realize that till now. That's yeah. awesome. So anyway, if anybody from Smartless listens, one of my favorite podcasts, if you don't listen to it, you should listen to it. I actually went to their tour when they came to Madison. That's awesome. Yeah, they're gonna they're doing it. They did a whole documentary of the of the six stops, and it's gonna be on HBO. So if anybody listens to Smartless, very funny. It's got Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, very they're funny. funny. They, they're just they're literally like just two guys talking, and they're funny. They're just like yeah. I I might have to take your recommendation. I ever listen to it because I watched. Uh, oh Parks my god! Rec. You told like, me that I remember you told me like you've never watched Parks and Rec before, and I binge watched with my wife through COVID. Like literally, we got it all done in like two months. We watched the whole. So funny! All, so, so funny! funny. It's so I enjoyed funny. it because I was office. office I, I know it's. I, I was an Office fan. I'm like, I had never watched Parks and Rec, and I'm like, thank you for that because I loved it. it the was big, awesome. the big. I remember the big soda thing. Anyway, I got to rewatch that anyway. Um, but anyway, so uh, it's worth rewatching. It's it funny. is worth rewatching. Before we get started, I'd like to big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, bar none. We own three of them. Tell them that I sent you. They will take unbelievably good care of you. Their customer service is second to none. And you know what I love about them is they're always innovating. You know, they the CT1 they now has their product. Yeah, they are. It's not like they're sitting again. There's other companies out there that have not innovated like they've innovated. I'll just say that. I won't say anything else other than that. So go over and check yeah, it out, Dr. Dish. Don't you think the key thing for them is their ability to continue to make it more opportunity to tracking and technology base, and then just the and just the uh, the accessibility to put it away in such a small space. Right. Just so much more convenient and easier to move around. I know. So like you were talking about. I, I, you were just talking about how you utilize, we talked a little while ago, how you utilize it in practice to be able to put those shooting machines up and put them away so quickly. And the course of a warm up is incredible. Right. Because so older I can machines get, would take yeah. forever, dude. I know, oh, yeah. I don't even get me started. I can. So we start, we get out of school at 337. We start practice at about 405. I yep. can get down to the gym, get them set up, and boys can get a good 15 minutes of shots up before practice because I can Talk. get them set up so fast. I can get the baskets down, the lights on. I can get all that stuff five easy. It's like, but anyway, go over and check them out. Tell them Coach Collins sent you. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, that's one of the reasons, you know, if you go back to to, to the story behind Teach Hoops, first of all, Teach Hoops is something I would have wanted in my 20s. I would have literally given my right arm for teachhoops.com, my 20s. That's why I built it, because it's like there wasn't anything out there. I was going to clinics. I was going... I mean, again, as you get older and I'm getting close to retiring now from teaching, I'm going through and cleaning things out. The amount of crud I have that I had to, that was not easily accessible, that it, it's, it's, it's insane. And yeah. And it's also touching on the things that most clinics don't always touch on. It's always about offensive defense and X's and O's right. like teach hoops is like everything else and more like, so what I'm saying is like, like you said, when you're in twenties, like I, like when I started being a beta member, I'm like, 
looking at all the things that I created, like, I mean, I'm just going to sh- show you here. Like, here's my stack of papers. Right. Which you probably can't see. You but can't like, see because it's, it's like your background. I got the background. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's like like 30 to 40 pages of things that I created and tools I created from how I structured my practice plans to my philosophy, all that stuff that like you really don't get from a clinic where you need to be able to do those things to be a successful basketball program. Yes. Yes. And people don't understand that. They do till, till, till they get into it. Right. And then it's too late. Too late. Which yes. Yes. And like a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the interview and stuff. It's like all this stuff. You can go buy your own course or watch your own video on it, but all that stuff's in there in the, in the roadmap. So what is the, going back to the roadmap? What is the topic we're talking about? So again, like the roadmap has about five different objectives for off season, but remember the, the key to off season is just really looking at you and your program and opportunities to grow. Okay. And that growth mindset, you can't, you can't go back to the season and dwell anymore. You have to flush it down the toilet and look to start growing. Um, <laughs> I know that's kind of graphic, but that's the reality of it. All, well, right? and it's like we were talking, we were just talking about my seasons ended a month ago. And we were just talking about the end of my season and how, you know, some it, of those things it, I know could dwell on it, but there's nothing you can do at this point. Right. So what we're looking at is we're going to do an example today of what, uh, looking at a performance gap. Okay. Uh, a gap. Right. So performance gap could be anything within what you are doing on the floor. So we're talking about um, a skill. It could be uh, looking at a a certain statistic that is um, hindering your ability to win basketball games. Um, I mean, I went to the state tournament this year and I watched uh, a division four game in this, with this group of girls, they, they, they just, they re they the what we're talking about today is rebounding and how important rebounding is and they were they they won and they had it was like 40 to 18 rebounding it was they were amazing and they were pushing every girl out of the lane it was incredible it was the best well, let's be honest you picked that performance gap because you watched my team this year and you knew that rebounding was one of our performance yeah but i also let's I just be also, real let's I, be real <laughs> Let's be real. But I also think about, wow, that there are teams, if you can really get your team to rebound, because we're talking about rebounding and people might, and you said it's so hard to teach. It's so hard to evaluate. It is a hard concept to really, you know, to really get good at, you know, and some teams are really good at it. And think about it this way. Rebounding is so important because it eliminates possessions for the other team and opportunities for you to score more. And so and it's a game of possessions. And when you don't rebound well, you're just limiting your possessions. And that's not – you can't win basketball games that way. So what's your theory on boxing out? Oh, my God. I've, I've gone from the hit and go to the swim. And <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like you almost have to overemphasize it because you're never going to get it the way that you really want it, right? So you might want to swim, but a swim might be just a little push out compared to the hit and go right um also it might be- i i teach it as fine hit and go fine hit and go fine hit and go so so and again we can practice that we can do drills on it and all that kind of stuff but i think you hit and this is what i saw later because our season our team got better rebounding they did, they did they did it yeah, got, it got a lot sure. better and there was one game we got just annihilated the first half and came back second half and rebounded but also you had a lot of let's be honest you had some a lot smaller guards too a lot smaller guards so but, that sometimes sometimes hinders your progress too of rebounding too is that there's just some things that you're not going to be as good at so you got to be able to find ways to 
alter your lineup at certain times of the game or whatever because of your size. I mean, you did have some really a lot smaller guards this year. Yeah, so I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's what you really emphasize. If you're emphasizing something specific, if you're talking about something specific, if you're kind of hitting into that, um, I think that is um, they'll do it. Like if you emphasize kids getting to class on time, then they end up coming to my class on time. It's what you emphasize. And it's like part of that early season part was for me and us not rebounding is first of all, I didn't have, if you've got a couple natural ones, you don't have to worry about it as much. Um, And free throws are always a good example of kind of telling if you've got natural ones, if you don't lose any of those and you win all those, you know, you have some nat guys that just kind of know how to rebound and gals that know how to rebound. Um, but I was more, I was more obsessed about our man defense, about our weak side, about rotations, all of those things, than um, I was about us rebounding. And that that part of that was the, the that was partly my fault, I think. If and then once I started getting on them and saying how you got to rebound and blah blah blah, and put some, I put some incentives out there as far as rewards and stuff for rebounding. Um, I think it, it, it really definitely helped. I, I even like, I, like I coached my daughter's fourth grade team and we, we don't track points at all, like points per game, but I gave out little prizes to fourth grade girls that rebounded and do- dived on the floor. So even at younger ages. So like when I'm looking at being a head coach again, that would be something that I would want all my coaches to emphasize at all levels as rebounding. So by the time they get to you, right, right. at that, that high level, that that's just something that we do and we're really good at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but just, I don't think it's something that we always talk about, though. We always talk about oh, what offense are we going to run? You with? notice it when you don't do it, right? That's part of the problem. Um, and you, it's I'm going to tell you if you don't if you don't emphasize and don't and it's kind of like turnovers. It's one of those things you just got to emphasize. It's got to be one of your five keys. But anyway, um, if you lose a big game, it will be because someone didn't rebound. Usually. Absolutely, if someone Absolutely. didn't someone didn't do that little nuance of oops rebound pop you know it's all i've watched too many games to not see that happen so i guess we kind of talked about like that's the performance gap the question is what do you do now with that gap you know is it is it the way that you teach it is that something that you're gonna well it's part of it's a teaching and what i talked about some of it is if you want to improve a skill you got to track it and and show improvement so the tracking is the big part of it and that's what we started doing too is I eventually put one of my assistant coaches, we were we were trying to get turnovers down. We were trying to rebound better. So we were tracking it so that I could talk about it during timeouts. I could talk about it at halftime. I could, uh, it, it, so then we could also talk in post game about, you know, what were we doing? What were we doing? Because if you don't track something and you don't, there's no, there's no like just saying be, do you're this. eliminating, you're eliminating the accountability, right? Right. And you so have to if- have accountability. If you're guard, if that player is guarding that person that out rebounded you that many times, then you can hold that player accountable for well, if you weren't doing your job, right? Right. And film doesn't lie either. Those are points that you could put up. Film don't lie, right? Um, but like my question is, like you keep saying track, but what do you do with that like gap? How are you going to improve it now? Like, is it just because you you kind of talked about what you did in the course of the season, but like, what are you thinking about now? Or what worries your head around me? Right. So, now, so I think one we, thing you were talking about me already was like, how do you teach it? Right. And I right. just said, like, we're like, well, there's so many different ways to teach rebounding. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is when I do track it, so, so what I'll do is I'll go back and especially when things, if, if they're above or, uh, you know, 
when they're below, I will go back to the film. Like you said, film doesn't lie. And I will find every, I will, I will track that specific player and find clips of them on every shot taken by the opponent. So it's easy to find the shots. And it's like, and then I'll, I'll make small playlists of them. So we can sit down for five minutes and say, look, what were you doing in these? And sometimes it doesn't matter if you're the best rebounder ever in the history of mankind, you're not going to get every rebound. Um, yeah. Well, also when- rebounding is you got, uh, it's an athletic thing and it's a w- will thing. Good athletes rebound always well because it's, they're good athletes, it but is. it also, it is a will thing too. It is. Know? And it's also a read thing. Like the great yep. rebounders know where that ball is going to bounce and where it's going to go. So that's what we'll we'll spend, and that's where we'll, we'll we track it in practice too, which is an easier, quick fix. Like, hey, the last three things you didn't you didn't go find somebody, or you didn't go get it, or whatever. I think I bought, I think I bought my team ice cream once because I said if if we have a varsity game and the ball bounces in the floor, I'll buy you ice cream. And we had a game where they actually everyone boxed out and the ball bounced, and then they went and got it. Um, I'd never seen that before, so I didn't think it was going to happen. But anyway, but they were thinking about it. They wanted ice cream or me to buy them lunch or something. I don't know. It was something stupid. Um, but uh, yes, it has to be. It has to be trackable, and it has to. Be, you you, you got to have. And the thing is, so let's say we. This is the hard part for coaches. We play on Tuesday. I'm talking to them on Wednesday. I'm showing them playlists on. I, we're not waiting three days because it's not going to have the impact. Um, it's so, not because so. if you don't change it now, you're going to have that same problem. Right. So we play on Tuesday and Friday and I don't, I wait till Saturday to talk to them. It's too late. So, and it's, it's too it's, important, right? It's too, too important. important. It's too important. And it's like, so that's where I'm having that. I, and again, that's why coaches get sick. That's why coaches are up till 2 AM. That's why, <laughs> because we're breaking that, those clips and those things down to do a, to do a quick fix. Um, cause I'll have the stats even before it goes to the cloud and huddle breaks it down or whoever you use to break it down. I'll already have those stats in my hand for my assistants and they're, you know, within a half a standard deviation, right? So it doesn't, they're close enough, you know, maybe they have two rebounds and they actually, have three. it doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter, but it's like, Whoa, here's my outlier. Here's my not normal. And I've been tracking even preseason. I've been tracking enough to know that player X and player Y were not doing what they needed to do. I got to grab them and we got to do a quick fix. And then I'll, I'll every two weeks, I'll check in with everybody every two weeks, at least, even if they're doing what they're supposed to and they're above their bar or their standard that we have for them. Um, I'll still check in with everybody that plays, um, but it's turnovers and, and, and rebounds are the two that I, that performance thing is on the front of my mind uh and hopefully i mean they know those are like my pet peeves too (laughs) um so hopefully in rebounding both of them were not very good early so we had to take care of it okay well what else anything for you i'm just thinking like as an off season so what what will you do now as you continue on and think about that gap going into next season yep so so we gotta get stronger so there's some things that physically that we can work on especially now because i don't see them until the summer so physics the physical the the there's foot speed things there's strength things that we're working on that we've set up for them in the off season they're doing our speed and strength and all that kind of stuff um because part of it is some of its strength some of its speed to be able to both both find and go get the ball and some of that strength um, so those physical parts, and then once summer starts, 
um, and we get those contact days and all that, we're just, we're going back to like, it's the season. Um, you know, we're tracking that stuff and following it. And then, you know, I would say, I'm trying to think of the last couple summers, well, one summer we didn't have it, but probably 40% of them are needing some huge improvements. Some of them will have made improvements since March because we'll see the strength. We'll see that kind of stuff um, with some of our testing. But um, yeah, I think that's, I think all of that's really important as far as. So I, and I know you're a person that really doesn't teach rebounding and isolation, right? It's more of an emphasis. Yeah, level. I don't, I don't think it works. I do it. Okay. And I did. And I'm telling you this year, you saw my team this year. We did do some rebounding drills. Yeah. Um, and part of it, we did a great drill and we had to stop it because it got actually too physical where okay. um, you put three guys under you, sh- you have a guy at the free throw line and you shoot it. Yep. And the, 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 of those three guys, as soon as they make two layups, they're out. Yeah. It's, we, we did that we, in high school. We did that drill It's called the animal drill, animal and, drill. And it's part of it teaches hustle. Part of it teaches finishing, it, finishing through contact and fouls and all that stuff. The problem is we were getting the crud beat out of each other and like bloody nose. It's like, Whoa. Okay. Um, but it's, it's part of that read stuff too. So I did go, I don't love doing that on a regular basis, but we were, you saw us this year. We were so bad that I had to reemphasize like, no, this is not acceptable. And you saw our improvement. It just got better because it was part of, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the drills more than the emphasis. Um, you know what I'm saying? And like, we were emphasizing it in practice. We were emphasizing it in five or five on five stuff. I would say at that point then too, as a varsity coach, I think you're looking at how come when the kids are coming to me at that level, why aren't they becoming good rebounders and what I can do? Because that is such a thing that you cannot spend your entire practice planning. You know, this right. Right. From your 25 years of experience <laughs> is that you don't have enough time. Oh, you don't, you know, I don't spend 35 minutes playing small sided games and, and letting them develop their own. It's like, right. So stop. the question I'm is, telling you right now, whoever like send this to all the little gurus out there. Cause they're all like, Whoa, we're just, okay. Yep. You're, you're going to get your butt kicked and then you're going to get fired. So it's like, I love that. Like it, it's just, uh, sorry. This I'm is just one of, being, I'm being a realist. And, and, and what right. I'm saying is that like, there is you have to be proactive at uh, being a head coach. You're as you are part of that community, right? What are you need to have a conversation with your JV coaches and your JV two coaches and your eighth and seventh grade? This is where those are times, right, where they could be teaching rebounding and isolation and technique. So by the time they get to you, right, right, there it's not something that we're working on, right? Yes. Right. That's right. the that's the whole point of building a basketball program. Right. Program. Right. So I think program, that's program program program. program. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that's People what I'm saying is that. like, what are you going to do to make sure that problem doesn't come back to you? Because I know that I've had friends that have taken jobs the last couple of years and they don't even know how to run help side defense. Some of these high school varsity teams, that's a problem because that coach that was before them didn't do their due diligence to work with the coaches below that. Well, I told you this too, with my COVID thing, like when we didn't have that season, everything rippled. Yeah. We're an urban school. We don't have, I get it for sure. And I was like, okay. So when I'm looking at like points of emphasis that even with the younger things, it's like rebounding, you know, band to man defensive concepts, like, 
make sure that those people are working on those things instead of the magical play and skill development so you can be able to work on other things as as a level like this being not able to rebound and do things with technique at the varsity level is not something that we should be having conversations about right at all right and i think that's the most frustrating part right right no i i agree i just yeah I yeah. And then maybe you find a couple good drills that you really like or how how can you how can you infuse some rebounding like into 5 on 5. I, there there are things that you can do. Like I have done where you know um I do like a circle rebounding drill where the guys are constantly like in a rotation or you do shell for like a uh, 20 seconds and then a shot goes up and then it's up there and back like just working on seeing kids and tech and technique like there's ways that you can see rebounding and emphasize it in the context of, of drills. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you can add that little layer into your drills, but like what I'm saying is, is that I don't think, I think your point is like teaching rebounding and isolation at a high school of RC level. It's just, there's no time for it. There is no time. There is, no, <laughs> there's zero time. Um, all right. So anything else with that topic? Nope, I think it's just giving the the people uh, our, our listeners an opportunity to think about a th- think about what something that they could work on and and going forward with that. Perfect. All right, till next week, coach. Sounds good. Sports Social Podcast Network.